so critically acclaimed. I am so excited. Um, I love hearing what you have to say about shows and everything. So this is really cool. Obviously, I'm on TikTok and I do a lot of um, film ideas and story ideas. So this is right on par. And I'm so excited to talk about Euphoria. Yes. I mean, I think that it's so incredible just the amount of creative ideas that you've come up with and just I mean I'm like when are these movies coming out all the time because (laughs) like and honestly like Netflix and all these other um, brands like I feel like they're letting me down especially in the movie department lately and I'm not able to like I, I feel like there's not a single movie that I've watched lately that I didn't check my phone during the movie like I'm just they can't hold my attention I totally Uh, feel that (laughs) yeah so I don't know they need to up up their game and just you know hire you already I I hope so I mean it's definitely a goal of mine to work with them directly one day I will say I do have a couple of little things going on um and so that's kind of my own little my own little secret right now but I will say that people can definitely look forward to in the next year or so um at least one good project of mine so okay that's well I love the little sneak preview because I feel like I saw a video I couldn't be making this up but I feel like you said you were like writing a book or writing something of your ideas together that then would be able to like be consumed by all of us viewers so is is that like some sort of the project or something related or am I making this up (laughs) no so that's actually another project um oh, I am writing okay. a book and I'm actually really excited about it. Um I'm not going to say which one it is, but it's definitely oh. one of oh sorry. It's definitely sorry. one of the ideas that um kind of blew up the most. So I, I know a lot of people want to want to read it and they want to see it and so I'm trying to make that happen. That's incredible. I I mean to put in the like obviously I don't, it's not easy to come up with the ideas, but you know, to make a video on with the ideas, one thing, but then to like sit down and actually put in the time and the labor to write it out and flesh it all out. Like that is just incredible. So, I mean, I know it's not complete yet or it's not in the public yet, but just like job well done for this far. I mean, I know I've toyed with the idea of like writing a TV series since that's kind of my like area Mm -hmm. of like just love and passion and I started doing some of the legwork a while ago but just have not done anything lately uh so because it is really challenging I mean it's it is a goal of mine I think to write a show but not like maybe one day uh not right now just because (laughs) you know my work ethic I guess for right now is not where it needs to be for one day I guarantee you'll do it yeah you know the ideas are in are in the head it's just a matter of sitting down and putting you know thought to paper and whatnot I mean you already did the hardest part which is honestly coming up with the idea that's true I mean I feel like though I would change it now I feel like I came up with the idea like two (laughs) years ago and I'm like "Mm, do I like I feel like it needs to be something different now (laughs) I feel that um but that's what happens I guess with time like the more you sit with something the more you're like constantly pulling it apart and everything oh yeah um but speaking of creating shows and movies I'd love to hear what some of your favorites are either just you know playing out favorites or maybe ones that have inspired the ideas that you've come up with or anything yeah okay so actually like my favorite tv show of all time has changed re- recently um i uh, i don't know if you've heard of queen's gambit i have um, yes <clears throat> i'm the type of person who likes 
thriller and, you know, intense mystery and things like that. And so to have a show about chess really grab me and keep me the whole time was just so cool. And I think that that it's that's why it's one of my favorite shows now. Um, <laughs> the cinematography, the acting, the line de- delivery, like everything was just perfect in a sense of this is how we are going to make this interesting. Mm-hmm. And they did it so well. But my favorite movie has to be Interstellar. Okay. Um, Christopher Nolan is a very creative guy. And I think that that movie, it had all the right elements. It had, you know, the mystery. It had um, it had the rug pull out from underneath of you. I'm not going to say any spoilers just in case people haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But the acting in it was incredible. The entire idea was incredible. And I was on the edge of my, sh- my seat. And it's very hard for me honestly, to not guess endings now, just because, I mean, this is almost my job to, like, watch (laughs) movies, to come up with them, to, like, write scripts and, like, read them. And so if if I can be surprised, I'm definitely, definitely giving that an A plus for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can relate to that. I mean, a lot of the times when watching these shows or movies, you know, I feel like halfway through, I pretty much can figure out what's going to happen. And I I mean, I think that's like just the name of the game for a lot of the movies. But every once in a while, you know, there is one that just completely catches you off guard. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not super into thrillers. Um, and just because more like the horror side of thrillers, because I just would not be able to sit there and watch. I'm too <laughs> scared. Um, like I've never seen a true horror movie. Like the closest I've gotten has been like um, Final Destination, which doesn't count. Oh, those movies. <laughs> I hate those movies. Not because they're bad movies, but because I'm also I don't like the horror gush slasher type of movies I like the psychological thrillers the yeah those are are more on par with what I like Mm -hmm. yeah I think I definitely would get more into like the psychological thrillers I recently watched um the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window oh I just finished that the other day that was like insane I mean I had no (laughs) intention of watching it but my roommates wanted to so I was like okay I'll watch it and then I was surprised by how like hooked I was and the, the ending like the twist was just like out of nowhere I did not expect that one so I actually <clears throat> I was watching that with my friend um and and him and I have been like <laughs> we, we have to find the right time to watch it but it was during that episode of the big twist which I'm not gonna say yeah but I I called it and I was like this would be cool if they if they did this oh my and god my friend, my friend was like no wait that would be almost perfect that would make sense and then it happened and then I was I was only a little disappointed by the complete ending of that show. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like there were some holes that needed to be filled or just there was a better way to kind of uh, make an ambiguous ending. Yeah, and it just it just felt like they created a whole new storyline without totally finishing the first one. But I will say that that one twist, even though I, I've figured it out, I didn't figure it out until I was like, I was so confused until the very last, you know, couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely did not figure it out and just kept going with like, who they wanted you to think it was. I was like, (laughs) yeah, it's totally them. Of course. How could it be anybody else? (laughs) Um, But I will agree, like, kind of creating the new, um, obviously, like setting it up for season two. I thought as a standalone, like mini series, 
in a yeah. sense um because I feel like that was cool and I don't know how it would really make sense to like continue on yeah um, but we'll see what happens if it gets renewed and everything but speaking of like miniseries like back to your favorite show being the queen's gambit like I have to say I did watch it but only because my parents wanted to and I was home <laughs> at the time and so I watched it with them but I personally wasn't super invested in it and I thought that it was like a little overrated but it, it's very much because my type of like yeah. show and what I look for in shows is not necessarily um you know cinematography and it's a critically acclaimed show and my podcast is not so critically acclaimed like, <laughs> I just, you know yeah. I I don't always because I didn't like study film properly or anything you know in theory and all that kind of stuff so I feel like a a lot of the stuff that people necessarily enjoy um is kind of lost on me um yeah so sometimes I get it sometimes I don't um but I feel like also I just felt like with the Queen's Gambit it maybe could have been like a movie instead of a full-on series like I feel like that's sometimes the situation with um when faced with like these limited or mini series or whatnot yeah no I totally get that and I'm I'm all for like objective thinking like there's tons of movies and shows that I can be like you know objectively if I had to take into account you know the acting and the cinematography and all of that I can see that they're technically amazing shows and I get why people like them but then I don't personally like them or I don't enjoy them um and so I totally get that I mean a Queen's Gambit I, I thought I was gonna hate it if I'm being honest I thought I was like oh it's about chess yeah <laughs> I was like how how am I going to be intrigued by that if I'm not looking at like a movie about a serial killer or something? But it, like I said, it I think the reason I liked it so much was because of how much it surprised me in a sense of how well it was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of mixed the objective and the personal preference together and then I ended up really liking it. But I totally get why, you know, it's not everybody's favorite at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to each, to each their own. Everyone's yeah. got their taste. Everyone's got what they like, what they don't like. And that's the, the beauty of like getting to talk with different people from mm-hmm. all these different backgrounds about um, shows, because, you know, you could be so different from one another, but then like obsessed with the same shows, or you could be yeah. so similar to someone and then have completely different tastes in shows. And that's it all. Yeah. Um, but okay, I think we've got a little bit of a background going. So time to dive into Euphoria. Okay. So I want to hear like, what was your experience watching it? Like what got you into it back when you know, did it did you watch it when it first came out? Or was this like a binge watch more recently? Like what's your overall feeling overall experience with it? So actually, I binged it recently. Um, I I binged it right as season two was starting and going. I kind of caught up in Mm -hmm. time to watch like the last a little over half of the season at the same time everybody else was. Got it. Um, But I I pushed it off for a long time. It was kind of like Queen's Gambit for me in a sense of like, oh, I'm hearing so much about it. But I'm not I don't know if I'm going to like it. And I'm afraid because of the the hype on it and how much people were talking about it. I was so afraid I would watch it and I would be disappointed. Um, or just, I, w- I wouldn't enjoy it like everybody else does, but I, I binged it. I, I got hooked. Um, and it, like I said, it surprised me, um, in a way of, you know, the acting and the cinematography again and <laughs> the writing, everything was just so, it was so interesting and mm-hmm. it, it was unlike any, um, coming of age teen show that I thought it was going to be. Oh Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like I mentioned in my part one episode, like I was not really into the show after season one. Like, yeah. and it was more like I was just very caught off guard. I did not know it was going to be what it was in terms of like all the profanity and just like mm-hmm. over sexualization and everything. Um, and like I was intrigued as I was watching season one with like the stories and I don't think that it was very much the show where I was getting bored in the episode and like barely yeah. being able to finish it definitely like held my focus um and I was debating whether or not I was actually gonna even watch season two because I didn't love it the first time around but then it came yeah. out and everyone was talking about it, and I was like okay I gotta know what's going on um, and then I watched it and I actually enjoyed it a lot more than season one. Um, and I think it was primarily because of Lexi's character. Um, I think she made it a lot more relatable, at least for me. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of like Lexi's character this season and how the season was somewhat framed in her perspective, even though like Rue Rue still did the narration, a friend of mine pointed out that it would have made so much more sense for Lexi to do, which I entirely agree. But I feel like Lexi was a big focus of this season and kind of what carried it. So what were your thoughts on, you know, on that, I guess? I I love Lexi. Um, I, I honestly did love how they, they kind of, it it was perfect in a sense for her character, at least because it really hammered in the fact that she's been that observer in all of Mm -hmm. this. She's been, you know, on the sidelines in a sense. And I think season two, the way they used her to kind of, she, she stirred the pot and I I loved that. I think it was finally her time to be like, Hey, you know, I'm not this person you can push to the side. I am here, you know, with you guys. I am living a life, too, that is surrounded by you guys. Um, and I, I think it was just, I think it was perfect. I agree. I think that season two is definitely more interesting than season one in that sense of of taking unexpected turns with certain characters. So I really mm-hmm. liked that. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely, like um Lexi's stirring the pot like didn't expect that to happen with her and I have to say it's actually kind of funny because I wasn't watching season two live um I waited until all the episodes were out and binged it yeah Uh, but because of TikTok I had learned a few spoilers from the season primarily like I knew that Cassie was sleeping with Nate I knew that Kat had less of a story this season um, there was a flashback for Cal that included mm-hmm. his best friend named Derek, which was funny because of whole Grey's Anatomy um, yep. aspect. But the last spoiler I knew was that everyone was talking about Lexi and also like her and Fez. And I was like, who is Lexi? Like, <laughs> I'm thinking it's isn't it that girl who considers herself friends with Rue, even though like she treats her horribly and they're never like together. Like, is that Lexi? And of yeah. course I watched it and I was like, Oh, that is Lexi. Like I get it now. Cause I was like, why is everyone saying they, they love her? She had like barely any role in season one, but obviously then season two, they changed it up. And I mean, like popular opinion, I love Lexi's character. Yeah. And like I had already said, like I related to her somewhat because for starters, her life is just a lot less complicated and dramatic, or at least, not portrayed as complicated and dramatic as those of the rest of the characters. So Mm -hmm. it makes her much easier to relate to that you don't have to, you know, be tripping on drugs or like cheating with your best friend's boyfriend or something to feel like, um, like you can relate to a character. And that's obviously always a big 
part of TV, like giving the viewers the opportunity to relate to stories. Um, And, you know, also like she's somewhat of a goody goody, does well in school, is a loyal friend. And I feel like I kind of related to just those components of her. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that was, I think, set apart from that character was the play. Yeah. Which like let's unpack that like what did (laughs) what did you think about Lexi's play like did you think it was a fair thing for her to do to her sister or was it like yeah of course I don't care I I loved every second of it I think that (laughs) what's crazy is is the play was written before Cassie was doing all these terrible things to Maddie and right and it just goes to show you that, you know, because everybody was talking about how in season one, for the most part, Cassie was this, like, innocent and, like, good person. And I agree. I think that she had parts of her she was dealing with um, that affected her that made people like her and not want her to, like, play a villain in any sense. But mm-hmm. I think that just Lexi exposed the guilty conscience that Cassie has about herself anyway. And... I think it was just perfect. I, I think I think it was fair for Lexi to do that because it made sense with the story. And I don't think that Lexi took it too far, especially by not adding in all the new things that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think that Cassie's guilty conscious watched her in the show and was like, "Do I really act like that? Do I pretend? You know, me, me, me. I'm the victim." And so yeah. it was it was very interesting. I, I definitely think that it was I I'm not upset by Lexi's play at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad she did what she did. Like for starters, like it was about time that Lexi had her moment to shine. Yeah. And also I could care less about Cassie and her feelings because I I mean that was the point I think of season two predominantly was to make people hate Cassie in a sense. <laughs> like forget about the actual like actions that she did wrong um you know with Nate and Maddie and everything but the way that she was acting within all of that like acting like the victim and like she deserves sympathy trying to play the poor me I'm an innocent little girl card um and then also like I know this comes from more of the traumatic background that she has and like her daddy issues which literally every other character on the show has (laughs) um but, you know, the idea of her losing herself in a relationship and just letting the other person kind of control her and own her, um, it just obviously sheds light on the completely non-existent amount of self-respect that she has, which yeah. is really sad to watch, of course. And I think it'll be interesting to see, like, like you said, it was, oh, Cassie's guilty conscious, like, watching the play, like, oh, do I actually act like that? So I think in season three, it'd be really interesting to see if she has any sort of character development, because I mean, it's only been two seasons and the episodes are, there's very few episodes. So there hasn't, I feel like had a chance for any character who started off one way to completely um, evolve, at least for the better. I think like you were saying, Cassie being more of the innocent, like docile person in season one and now being flipped in season two. Like, I wonder if then they would flip it again and have her not go back to being like the innocent docile person but maybe being more like real and acknowledging what she did and how she's been acting um and kind of seeing how that goes forward so maybe like in the long run in the grand scheme of the show 
I I really think, and um, this is just a shot in the dark, but I really feel like Cassie hasn't hit rock bottom yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's still going to have a lot of these demons carried into the next season. Um, I think that it might get worse before it gets better. Um, especially because, and I think they alluded to this when Maddie said to her, you know, don't worry, this is just the beginning. And yeah. I don't know if that was that. I, I think that wasn't Maddie talking about, oh, this is just the beginning of me, you know, punishing you for what you did to me. I think it was just telling Cassie, you know, this is just the beginning of, of what it's like to be in love with Nate. Yeah, you're probably right. I forgot about that. Um, what that comment that she made. Yeah. Because, and I mean, that was like the whole thing was the problem with Cassie and Maddie was like, you saw what he did to me and what I went through. And then you just like threw yourself into that situation. Like, forget about me being part of it, but like, and how you're treating me, but like, you're going to treat yourself horribly. Yeah. But I feel like she's just blinded to that whole thing because she's looking for love and attention in any place that she can get it. Yeah. So it is very frustrating, but at the same time, we have to, you know, hats off to Sydney Sweeney because, oh, yeah. and I mean the entire cast, just like oh, yeah. their abilities to cry on command, like emotional breakdowns and just like the physical acting, I think also like just, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of um, like body language and like heavy physical acting that they yeah. do that. I don't know if I'm like explaining it right, but I just like, visually seeing it on the show like it's uh almost like they're showing that they're carrying some kind of burden in their body language and it's just like how do you do that what did you think about nate's character this season like do you think there's any chance of him reconciling with cal or maddie or cassie for that matter um what do you think as a whole so i obviously for many reasons like everyone else really dislike nate um Mm -hmm. I think this season was very eye-opening for him, though. I feel like... I, I understand that he blames his father for a lot of it, which is very, very true. But I feel like, in ways, I, I think he's starting to see where he's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know what, what what's going to happen with him. I think with Cal... I think he might get the chance, you know, to talk to him. I think he really needs to, we need more of his mom. Because yeah. she had, she had a moment this season after, you know, Cal had left. Mm-hmm. She was, she was a little sus. <laughs> she was a little sus. She made me a little nervous. And so I'm like, we've been blaming, you know, the dad the whole time. But I'm like, what, what of the mom did we, you know, miss? Like, what, what is her story? How is she? helping her kids through this. Um, I don't think Maddie and Nate are going to make up. Yeah. I think, I think Maddie is done. I think she, she sees it for what it is. And now seeing kind of Cassie go through it. I think Maddie's realizing like, wow, I really put myself through this. I really mm-hmm. stayed here when I shouldn't. And Oh, the, the scene where Nate held the gun to Maddie's head. Mm-hmm. I think that one, I mean, that was game over for her. That was so effed up. So I, I, I definitely think they need to address the trauma of that <laughs> next season. Um, but Cassie, I, I, I think that Cassie and Nate are going to reconcile, maybe. I think it's going to be more on Cassie's part. I think it's going to be her choice in a way. 
I'm not sure so much Nate's. I feel like if Cassie throws herself at him, that eventually he's gonna, he might get in. Yeah. Because he doesn't really have anyone right now. That's he's, true. He's, he's definitely alone. So I feel like he was he was using Cassie as kind of a placeholder. Um, oh, for sure as a placeholder. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, he wants Maddie. But now he's realizing that that's just never going to happen. So he's like, oh, I'll just use Cassie and replace her in a sense. But um, in terms of like Nate kind of having to deal with his own issues, like I'm curious to see if down the line, like he'll ever have that breakthrough moment if he'll continue to play the villain or if he will get that breakthrough moment like I feel like him and Cal need to have a sit down like conversation yeah like a genuine like heart to heart but I don't think we're there yet or honestly anywhere close but as a way to you know learn from the lessons because it seems like obviously Nate hates Cal and he hates that he is similar to him oh yeah so in a way, Cal kind of owning up to things now, I guess, or being forced to own up to things, you would think that maybe he would also go out of his way to try and, like, tell Nate to, like, not go down the same rabbit hole that I did. Um, and, I mean, like you were saying about his mom, too, like, I mean, we got to see a little bit of her background, but it was more f- from Cal's perspective and more on Cal's story in the flashback which I loved by the way I love seeing like villains origin stories I just think they're so interesting because most of the time they don't start off obviously evil um and I would love to see like Cal visit present day Derek or like at least trying to search him up on Facebook or something I think that'd be really that'd be really funny um but like uh Nate's mom made a comment about the anger issue that one scene where Nate was like, what do you mean? Like I had all the anger directed at dad. Like I'm not an angry person. And she's like, okay, yeah. Just going along with it. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to need to come to the surface at some point. And back to the whole like Maddie situation. I very much think that Maddie, like you were saying is the character that now like stands above it all. And is going to, it's very much like I could see Maddie being, if she isn't already a lot of people's favorite characters, like kind of similar to Brooke Davis from One Tree yeah. Hill and oh, very yeah. much being like the, I take nothing from nobody. I'm confident now, like I've gone through it all and I'm ready to move on and like get out of this world in a sense. And I think we also saw that development with her um, relationship with, um, I don't know her name, but like Minka Kelly's character um, who like she was babysitting the kid for, um yeah very interesting to kind of see that dynamic of like maddie kind of like kind of where maddie's character could end up in the future or like she's saying oh this is what maybe i should aspire to be and move on and like i it is possible to leave all this high school drama and trauma what like behind me yeah no i i definitely agree i think maddie is getting a new perspective on everything she's gone through with nate Um, and I definitely think she, you know, is coming out stronger in the situation. I, I don't know if she's going to reconcile with Cassie. I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I don't know. It really just depends on what Cassie's character kind of goes through in the next season. If we even get to see her have any character development, um, I am, there is one thing though, like I had a question about that they didn't touch base on that I was really hoping they would. 
And I hope they don't kind of leave it to the side next season. Like it never gets talked about, but there was two times. So when the camera went over to Maddie and the, um, the woman she works for is closet mm-hmm. and that there was oh, a camera in there. Yeah. Yeah. That. And then when Nate was in her room, there was a sign in her room that it panned on, panned on and it stuck there for a second, like purposely like, Oh, we should read this. And it said, smile, you're on camera. And I was like, yeah. did she get that whole thing with Nate on camera? I, I did not know why they were teasing this, like, hidden camera in, like, two different two different times. And I was so hoping they would talk about it. I did not pick up on the one in Maddie's room, but I did for the closet um, at the house that Maddie was working at. And I thought, like, I thought at the very end when um, Maddie got the gift from her and it was the gown, like, I thought it was going to be the other, like, the gold gown or one of the ones that she had tried on and said, like, oh, I know you'll, en- like, I know you'll enjoy it or something, like, whatever the note said, and that would be like, oh, she saw. And I thought that would made sense, but I did not, like I said, um, remember and pick up on the one in Maddie's room, but that would be, that would be crazy. And it would also play into the whole thing with Cal because Cal yeah. was recording everyone without their knowledge um and just another parallel like of it getting flipped on Nate this time that yeah. would be that's a really cool dynamic yeah and I like that you said that because yeah you just gave me an idea of like what they could possibly do with this I'm really hoping because you know these these writers are they just seem so smart in the way they do things and so I'm really hoping they bring it back to this because you know, Maddie did have a hold of that disc of Cal, you know, recording his in them. And mm-hmm. that could have given, given Maddie an idea of just like, do I want to like record in my room just in case or like ever? And that same scene where it panned that thing right before Nate came, she changed in the bathroom. Like she purposely yeah. went over to the bathroom, changed, didn't do anything else in the bathroom. Didn't have, like, a laundry basket, I don't think, or anything in there. And, like, walked back out. And so maybe I was, like, she wasn't changing in front of a camera. I don't know. There's a lot of theories on that. I was just hoping they would address it. Yeah, that's a fun rabbit hole to go down. I'm always here for the theories. And I, I'm always a firm believer also in this world that, especially a show like Euphoria, where they it's, like, so, you know, the fans are, like, really into, like, unpacking everything yeah that they for a reason and they will come back to it down the line so I'm hopeful for that I also know that like I saw a video I think on TikTok before I had watched the season but I don't know if it was from this season because I don't remember like then watching season two like seeing the scene so maybe it was season one but the video was of Maddie scrolling through her dms and they saw um like a conversation with someone with the last name of Jacobs. So thinking it was yeah. Nate's brother. Um, so I was like, Oh, what, what is that about? Like, where'd that come from? I also don't remember. This could just be me, be me not remembering season one, but Nate has another sibling. Like obviously there's yeah. the older brother. I'm assuming he's an older brother who we saw in this season, but then like the family portrait shows a third kid. Um, so I don't know if I forget. I don't remember if it, they addressed it in season one or if it's something we still don't know about. 
So I'm pretty sure, and this just could be my brain, you know, mixing things together. And so I, I don't really remember much, but mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure that is still a theory that we don't know who Nate's brother is. And I know a lot of people actually, I think we're hoping to find that out this season. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I read somewhere, you know, there was just a few people that were really bummed. Like they were naming all these questions they had. And then one of them was, you know, who is, who is Nate's sibling? Who is his third child? And so that's, that will be an interesting twist. You know what? I kind of would be interested in maybe seeing, like you said, some redemption with Nate and all of his demons kind of coming to light. So kind of what he did to Maddie, I like the idea of maybe, you know, her catching him on camera, like some, somehow that coming to light, you know, if he has any demons with this third child that coming out, just like, I feel like these things need to be presented to him in a sense of like, what you're doing is wrong and maybe that that third sibling is just a piece of of nate's story when it comes to redemption so i have no idea yeah that would be that would be really interesting especially because it's always like every every villain every person has some kind of soft spot or achilles heel or whatnot and who knows maybe this third sibling something that happened to them or whatever could be that a point um, of like sensitivity for Nate and something that could either have been the cause for him to have turned into this person. It could be the mm-hmm. flip, like, you know, the thing that flips the switch for him, who knows? So I think it's something that they should definitely consider um, going forward for the next season, but we move on and talk about Rue, who is technically the main character, <laughs> but we've yet to talk about her. Um, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I love Zendaya and her ability to bring Rue to life is obviously incredible, but I'm not a fan of her character and I don't really have any interest in her storylines. Like, I'm just tired of seeing her continue to spiral and fall off the wagon while her family gets hurt time and time again, which I know, you know, that's the point. Like, they're trying to drive home this message and everything, Um, but it's just, it's, frustrating and tiring to watch and the only part of her story that I really enjoyed this season was seeing how she reacted to Lexi's play um, Mm -hmm. and kind of the mending of their friendship like obviously Lexi was there when her dad died and incorporating the eulogy that um, Rue wrote for her dad Um, like I loved how Rue kind of flipped the switch on her you know status towards the end of the season and kind of had like the wake-up call um, and then called Lexi like after the play was over to you know <laughs> hang out or whatever and I loved when she started the Lexi Lexi chant in the audience like that was um, so cute because that's like what reinvigorated Lexi to keep going after the whole <laughs> debacle in the middle um, but I think and I saw like a little edit of pictures of Rue's <laughs> character from like the start of season two versus the end of season two and you see, obviously, um, she went up and down in her attitudes, but by the very end, like, she's clean and put together and, you know, kind of has a better attitude going forward. The only thing is, how long is that going to last, knowing that <laughs> she is in big debt to yeah. Lori, who was just, yeah. like, a sociopath? Yeah, I, I have a few things. I'll backtrack a little bit. So, you know, my thoughts on the character. I... I have I have mixed feelings, but I think my my biggest one though is with Rue. It really is she, to me. She is the most realistic character on the show. 
And mm-hmm. I know it might see not seem that way a little bit in a sense, but I've I've seen, you know, I've had, you know, family members or, you know, friends, friends of friends, you know, that, you know, have dealt with addiction. And I it is not a linear path by any means. And I get the whole getting frustrated when she fell off the wagon and like going back up and then falling off again. But it's so real. Um, and, and Zendaya really portrays that. I definitely think she deserves a, an Emmy for oh that God, that yes. big blow up scene that she had against her mom and then Jules. I, I really think she had totally, if she hadn't already earned it that season, like that was it. That was, that was such a good, good scene. And it was so powerful and it felt so real. But um, I just think she plays it so well. And I really like, I like, and I, I this is where I understand where it's frustrating and hard because she is the main character who narrates so it always has to like come back to her but I really do like how they're being realistic with with her character how like you know addiction isn't a straight line you don't get to like redeem yourself you know and like not fall off again which some people do and you know that's great and that's amazing for them but it's also you know there's a lot of people who who relapse and mm-hmm. you know who have to go through this again and again and again and but I think we were on a little bit of of a, of a uphill. I mean, uh, going like almost to the top in a sense, where Rue was having that conversation with her mom, and her mom was like, "I'm done." Like her mom was just like, "I'm focusing on Gia now." And so I really think next season we're gonna get a lot of, a lot of like maybe Gia and kind of like how everything has affected her and what her demons are and like things like that. Um, but I think it was I think it was very eye opening for Rue to hear from her mom like. I've, I've fought for you time and time again, and it's time for you to fight for yourself. Um, yeah. And, you know, at the very end of the season, Rue says, you know, I've stayed clean for the rest of the school year. Then she's like, not because I wanted to and like stuff like that. So I, I don't know if she's going to relapse again. I wouldn't be surprised. But she is taking the necessary steps, like kind of, you know, ending on a good note with Jules and not like rekindling things with her and then ending on a good note with Elliot um, and like things like this. She, she's cutting those people. And then she, she went back to Lexi because the person who in all of this, who has watched her through every season and been there for her and still believed in her, even though she, Lexi didn't have to be there at every, like every hardship, even like Lexi didn't even want to, I think to be through all of the things Rue was going through this season but that play really like showed Rue that she isn't irredeemable. Like it really showed her that, you know, I've been through a lot. I know I've fallen. I know I get up. I know I fall again. But Lexi is kind of just that person that's like, you know, I love you for you and you will get better. You just have to want to. And so I really think we'll, we'll see some change in her hopefully by next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's entirely true what you said about addiction not being a linear path and whatnot and I mean my frustration watching it is just that it's the frustration of the reality and yeah that yeah you know it's it is what it is and it's frustrating and difficult to watch especially when there are these people that are obviously continuing to be there and fight for them um and you know them kind of letting them down is hurtful um but I love the scene that you brought up about um, Rue's mom saying when she said like if I can only save one of my kids like I'm gonna put the effort in saving Gia and I think like because they brought that up maybe season three we'll get 
more of Gia, like you were saying, and in a mm-hmm. sense, almost like this duality with like Lexi and how Lexi was just like pretty non-existent in season one while Cassie played more of a lead and getting to see Lexi shine a little bit more this season in comparison to Cassie and in, you know, conjunction with her relationship. So mm-hmm. I think it would be, you know, an interesting dynamic to see Gia come to the forefront next season, mm-hmm. um, especially as she's been, you know, getting older that she has more, I guess, going on in her life. And we don't know anything about her yeah. like, personal life really um, yeah. outside of, you know, her relationship with Rue and the family dynamic. So yeah. I think that is something that is definitely worth getting into. Um, yeah. And then as for like Jules, like I feel like Jules also fell to the back burner this season and oh, yeah. didn't really have much other than, in relationship to Rue and this Elliot um, storyline, which I felt like kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure kind of how I feel about it and what's going to happen going forward. I will say that I think a lot of people were, you know, shipping Rue and Jules from the start. And then now it's kind of like, no, they don't want it to happen or it's just been too tiring and they're not fun together in a sense. Yeah. It's more like painful to watch, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I definitely agree. I think that Jules had no character development this season, which was kind of disappointing, but they gave her so much in that first season. Yeah. That it's understandable. Like you said, there was like that flip in different character dynamics of, you know, who's going through what at different times. And I think, I think this season, it was just, it, it, I agree. The Elliot thing didn't make sense. I think he's, he's, I think he's going to be in the next season for sure. And I think he's going to be um, a solid part in Rue's story, even if it's just through the sidelines, but the whole Jules and Elliot thing, it just, it felt kind of icky. Mm -hmm. Like um, obviously people didn't like Jules for a number of reasons, but then, Jules basically cheating on Rue with Elliot right behind Rue's back was just ouch. But then I think what got me was that Jules was so unaware of Rue being constantly high. Yeah. When it was blinkly obvious. And yeah. that made me that made me wonder because because I can get being, you know, around people not knowing like things that are going on, but it was like intense for Rue. And I think that Jules maybe just, I think there was truth to when um, Rue told her that, you know, you think about yourself more so, like you want to be loved, like things like that, that maybe Jules was so in the beginning. Like, I think after Rue said those things that I think Jules kind of realized where she screwed up and like how she is in certain areas, but we won't know till next season, hopefully. But um, I think that, that, uh, Jules was really just thinking of her of herself in a way for mm-hmm. a while and just not paying any attention to like the demons that Rue still needed to fight. Yeah. And I just did not get how like girl, how did you not notice? Like yeah, and then so she got obvious. so mad at at Rue, I thought, and then like cheated on Rue with Elliot. I don't know what happened, you know, that night that like Jules found out, but she wasn't Elliot's shirt when she came over to Rue's and I think Rue might have realized that and like when she said oh I see what's going on 
I think she might have known that they were kind of having a thing. Maybe. I didn't pick up on that, but I wouldn't put it past her, which is, you know, interesting because since she is high most of the time, you'd think like she doesn't pick up on these things, but maybe that's their their point that, you know, she does have her moments of clarity. And that might have been one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But I could see Elliot playing more of a role in season three and getting his own episode kind of like they did. I mean, that was more a season one thing. And I think Fez was the only character who got his own this season yeah I mean, the whole season was basically Lexi's episode yeah. well so, Cal got Cal got his this season oh right yes with the whole flashbacks yeah um but I could see them doing that with Elliot maybe next season um so that would be interesting but then speaking of you know you kind of mentioned how Jules didn't really have much going on this season so I feel like we have to talk about the seat the character who had like next to no story and that was oh, yeah. Pat. like I know I think she's a lot of people's favorites from season one. Um, and then having her just completely flatline and have nothing new going on this season, other than like the whole aspect of, you know, not being like she had that one scene with Maddie, like about being, um, you know, thinking of what you should want versus what you actually want. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Like everyone was, very much rooting for her in season one and to like get the confidence to just be with Ethan and everything. And now they're together and it's like, just com- like falling completely flat. And, I, yeah. I, um, I'm going to be honest. Yes. Do I, I mean, I can, you know, relate to Kat in a sense of like insecurity and like things like that, but she, I hate to say this. Cause I know, like you said, like she's a lot of people's favorite. Um, the actress, you know, is amazing, but the character herself, she really lost all of my respect <laughs> when mm-hmm. she was lying to Ethan and being like, oh, I have a brain disorder. And I was like, this is so out of pocket. Like, I was like, this is so strange and so cruel. And then she started gaslighting him and it was so awful. And I really believe he did not deserve that at all he had been nothing from what we saw but like kind to her I mean I could be missing something but she just was she was so mean (laughs) in that like little bit that she had this season I think she's been a good friend to Maddie I really like she's been loyal to Maddie she's been there she tried to stop Maddie from doing anything stupid when it came to like beating up Cassie and like stuff like that but just the way she handled things with her boyfriend or her ex now like it was it was icky. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. I mean, I think that scene, like, when she said it, I didn't even, like, realize that it was entirely real. Like, you know how sometimes they have, um, they do scenes where, like, oh, that's what they should have done, or that's what I should have said, but I didn't, or that's what I wanted to say. Um, and that's, like, that scene with Cassie when she exploded about um, Nate to Maddie, and we and you think that it's real, but then it's like, well, that's what she should have said, or whatever so I really thought that that cat was like they were like running scenarios for what cat was gonna um say and now that she actually said that she has a brain disorder because like where did where did that come from like yeah Paul like why are you doing and then the whole like when she met his parents and they're oh. like who are you like that was that was a lot of secondhand embarrassment just sitting there as she's like nervous laughing okay yeah I like, forgot about that okay and that that helps me give me a little clarity on him I 
Uh, we didn't get to see the full extent of that because we were kind of seeing it through her eyes. But if I remember correctly, it stuck up for her in front of mm-hmm. his parents. And okay, that makes me that makes me a little. I mean, I don't. I'm there's no justification for the way she, you know, lied to him and, and treated him in that moment. Um, but that I, I did forget about that. And now that I remember that, it's very much a. I mean, it's realistic. You know, people in relationships, they both have things that they do that's wrong. They both make mistakes and they, you know, nobody's perfect or the best boyfriend or the best girlfriend. But I'm not sure if that justified her being so mean to him. Oh, no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Um, I thought it was a little weird that he didn't like, you know, either just whisper something to her like, you know, for comfort or you know, add something after she was struggling, like, oh, cat's really X, Y, and Z, or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I, I don't really know where I stand in my overall thoughts on the two of them. And I'm really curious to see what happens in season three. And like, will Ethan get an episode? Like, I feel like as the show keeps yeah. expanding, like, they need to get more episodes because they're just introducing more characters. Like, obviously, like, I read in the um, description that Austin Abrams, who plays Ethan, was like, a recurring role in season one and now he's like series regular in season two so i was like is he going to continue doing that going forward and then if he's like if he's on the payroll as a series regular i feel like he should get his own episode and giving more yeah. of his background we yeah we i think it would be kind of cool to see you know his side of things with cat and like his growing up and stuff because i will be honest i mean we lost mckay I want to bring up McKay. Mm-hmm. We didn't see much of him at all. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, bring McKay back. But they did that in the first season where they gave him his own, you know, backstory and everything. And then they kind of like lost him. And so I think that I think that um, Ethan might be one of those where he he deserves a backstory. Yeah. Plus, like, I mean, it made sense that McKay was no longer involved since he's like a college student now. And this is very much high school. And yeah. also, like, Ethan comes across, like, he's a very normal person. Yeah. There's no demons that we know about. So I feel like there's got to be something back there. Like, oh, we just met his parents. They seem relatively normal, like, cookie-cutter type of dynamic. But I feel like no characters truly like that entirely on this show because that's not the point to have such typical characters. So I think there's potentially more that meets the eye for Ethan's character that they might invest in in the future. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, But speaking of, you know, season three, we have to talk about the finale and the cliffhangers and how they kind of set up season three. So let's recap. Ash was obviously killed. Mm -hmm. Um, Fez was shot and arrested, which Rue and Lexi still don't know about. Um, And Cal was arrested. I think that was the gist. Did I miss anything? Yeah, besides the whole, you know, uh, Cassie and they broke up. Yeah. Maddie got her a little bit of, like, anger out and stuff like that. I mean, those are the those are the doozies for sure. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on kind of on those, like, hanging storylines? And where do you potentially see them going in season three and, like, when the show picks up? See, as much as everybody is still like, oh, we don't know for sure if Ash is dead. And there's, you know, talk of, like, maybe he survived. But it was a headshot. Um, Yeah. I I doubt that he's alive. But it also, 
I love I love the actor. I love the character, but it made sense because he was growing up really quickly. Like he's you know he's getting taller. He's turning into a teenager. Um, a lot. Like he was he looked completely different. And they're kind of like stuck in this time zone. So I, you know, I wonder if like when they come back, like everybody's graduating and stuff. I don't know what they're gonna do with everything with Ash, but Fez is alive for sure. Um, he did get arrested, and I think that when Lexi finds out, I feel like part of me thinks that Lexi might be angry that he didn't show up eventually. Like, maybe we'll get to see, like, after the play or, like, anything like that. But they didn't give us anything on, like, her finding out. And I was really hoping they would. And so I I can't shake the feeling that they are definitely going to play into that. Like, we need to see all of that. Because Lexi dedicated the last half of the show, you know, to him. Yeah. He still wasn't there. And so I really hope they at least have, like, a a moment of redemption and I hope that Fez is able to redeem himself. I I I'm not sure if Fez gonna is gonna say who killed who. Mm-hmm. Like I mean yeah is he gonna is he gonna admit to the police that you know this happened and this happened. I mean he's still gonna be in trouble. He's probably you know he might be in jail for the rest of you know his storyline. But um <clears throat> I I definitely think I love Ashtray. I'm sad he's dead, but he uh, he was a little impulsive. I know that he was doing it to protect Fez at all costs. You know, Fez is his family. Like he was gonna do anything he needed to do. I just <laughs> every time that kid hit someone, oh my god, stabbed someone. I was it was so upset. So I was like, it was I like... love this little kid. I think he's so cool, and he you know he's funny to me in a sense of like he's so serious and. He just he took two things too far, but I can get it, and then I don't get it. So I'm really upset about that. But um, I think you know I think we're gonna see some redemption with Rue. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean I think that's what they want you to think. They want you to be in that state of I have no idea. I just have to wait and see. Um, but I I agree. Like Astray was frustrating for me. Um, mm-hmm. because of just how impulsive he was and how. Like, he just kept screwing things up. And yeah. I was like, you're making it worse. Um, just stop. But with the ending, I mean, the fact that it's pretty common. Like, there's no way he's not dead. Um, but with Fez, like, you would hope that he would be selfish. But I could also see him not. In that Fez is already, or Ashley's already dead and gone. So tell the truth and that he did everything that to like lessen his sentence in a sense I mean he would still be I'm sure like um an accessory and yeah. spend a good amount of time in jail but I could also see him being selfless in that yeah he I mean Ashtray was the one who killed it but not wanting like his legacy or you know yeah. him to be away now that he's gone like I could definitely see Fez holding that burden um, and carrying that. And that makes it difficult because of where he stands with Lexi. And I'm definitely like, want to see them happen. I mean, I was, I was shipping them like everyone was. Um, And it'll, I think we'll see that moment after the, I I imagine that season three would probably pick up right 
when the play is over and Lex is kind of freaking out like oh like where it says what happened what happened and like upset at him and then she'll find out and that could very well like put her in a spiral in her of herself like yeah we don't know if like Fez got shot we don't know if he will be alive if maybe they could put him in a coma or something you know um that would be interesting if they you know the whole thing was that Lexi was watching all of this happen while staying you know relatively normal and then now she she put herself in the spotlight by giving herself the play and then she really is now in the spotlight with the drama and um getting you know her own spiraling storyline I could see that potentially happening yeah I think that I mean as much as I love Lexi and I hope we don't you know see that's what I I am I think they they might do this is because I'm like oh I really don't want to see I don't want any reason to not like Lexi but this show has a way of you know proving to everybody that it's not just you know (laughs) nobody's perfect on this show by any means and that brings me into I just want to like poke poke at this question um Faye that was her name right the girl that was living with Fez and them I think she's gonna get a and she might get a stronger storyline in the next season and I, I get a lot of people are frustrated with her and, you know, she tried to redeem it. I think if, you know, obviously if Ash didn't go ahead and kill um, that guy, like, they would have, you know, been okay, maybe. But I think that, um, I wonder if she's going to talk to the police and she's going to be a witness to what happened that went went down with, like, Ash and Fez that, yeah. that day. And so I'm, I wonder if she's going to be, like, you know, that woman, Lori, she, you know, killed what was his mouse or whatever and then i i think i think that that might help fez even if he doesn't want it but i wonder mm. if she's gonna play just like a witness in anything um so that would be really interesting but um yeah i kind of hope we see a different side of lexi than we did this season and like more of like her her struggles because we got a glimpse of that in the very last episode about like how much she really struggles with you know things that happened with her dad and everything so I really wonder what's going to happen when she you know realizes what happened to Faye yeah and I I I do agree I think Faye will play a bigger role in season three because again it just goes back to they don't introduce people for no reason like they I don't think this was the end of her story and how she's going to play a role in um what happens at the forefront of the show with more of the main characters um so I definitely think that she will come and help Fez in a way because that's what she was doing. Like clearly she, and I forgot the guy who was killed um, in the last episode, like, or the second to last episode, whichever one, the guy that Ashtray killed. Yeah. They clearly were some sort of an item or, you know, they were the ones that knew each other with this mouse character beforehand. And then only after everything that went down, did Faye start to yeah. live with Fez and Ashtray. So I think her alliance is very much to them now. And we had already seen that in that scene where she was contradicting him and saying that Lori killed Mouse and everything. So I for sure think that she will help them in any way that she can. Um, So I think it'll, it's definitely, you know, going to be a wild ride when it comes down to season three. And hopefully, you know, it won't be nearly as long as the season one to season two um, timeline was. But I mean, a lot of that was because of COVID. So let's hope that, yeah, I have, a feeling, long. I, have, I have a feeling it's not going to come out till 2024. I think apparently like Zendaya had liked a tweet that 
a while ago, like a long time ago, that said, can't believe after season two, we're going to have to wait till 2024 to see oh. another episode or something. And she had liked that. She said, people don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they waited the two years and such. But um, yeah, I you know what I would love to see on this show or any season in general? We need what? like a, a court trial. Like we need <laughs> a... Like these people are doing these like awful things and illegal things. And I just would love to see someone on the stand. And I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up doing that with Fez for like a murder trial or something. And, you know, everybody's there to support him, like Rue, Lexi and all of them as like character witnesses and stuff. I don't know. I just think it'd be really kind of cool to get to the loop of some of the things that go down because we got a glimpse of that at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. With the yeah. you know SWAT team coming in and you know Cal being arrested, I'm just like I wonder I wonder where this could lead. I think that'd be a really cool the way they do things, cinematography and like how they film would look so cool in a courtroom on like oh, a trial, yeah. like jury trial and everything. That would be crazy. Yeah, that would kind of remind me of like season two of Thirteen Reasons Why when. Mm every episode a different character was on the stand and like giving a rundown of kind of the story up until that point from their perspective yeah. and then along the way things get filled in and you see it from different everyone's di- different perspective and it paints this overall picture and you kind of have to choose who you believe and all that um that could be definitely something cool to happen in season three i would really yeah. enjoy that um but my final question because I know I feel like we've been talking a long time, but it's been a great conversation. So, so interesting. But what what do you think it is about Euphoria that makes it such a popular show? Like, it's obviously extremely different from most other teen dramas. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like my high school experience was definitely nothing like what's shown on Euphoria. Granted, I also went to like a small Jewish private school. So mm-hmm. very much would never be like this. But I feel like even the public schools that were by my house growing up there wasn't attic and I mean all the typical like teen dramas are very much more soap opera eve you know dramatic things happen but this is this I'm just talking about like the dark heaviness of the show and the intensity of the storylines and kind of it's it's the tone of the show like the and like almost the aesthetic when you know everyone's really into the aesthetic of the glitter makeup and the darkness and everything so like what do you what do you think it is that people get into is it just the escapism and into such a wild chaotic world do you think it's the cast like i said the aesthetic like what is it that's really driving people to be into this show cuz i mean i think it's like i said it's very different from other teen dramas but i also did not grow up like watching all those teen dramas live. Like I didn't see, I didn't, wasn't watching when gossip girl and one tree Hill yeah. and everything like those were live. I very much watched them on the tail end. So I can only speak to my experience now with euphoria being live and seeing how people are reacting. So I would just like love to hear what your thoughts are on the popularity of it. Yeah. So I think Honestly, because like you said, like I also, you know, I wasn't going to watch it and I I was convinced it was going to be like almost like every other show. But then, you know, I did watch it and I got hooked and I kept watching it. And I think a a few things, putting aside the talent that is involved with, you know, the actresses and actors and um, the it's just so dark 
and I hate saying like in the best way, but it's taking such unrealistic circumstances in a sense of like all of this kind of stuff happening in one area and like mm-hmm. to this extent and it makes it feel realistic like I said I think the only like storyline that is like extremely realistic is you know Rue and her family and then I would put Cassie kind of under that but I think it's it's really cool that everybody has demons on this show <clears throat> and like nobody has like a warmer sense on this show like you can kind of expect that everybody has something that they have to deal with. And like, when you think, oh, what is, what, what is it for Lexi? Well, she's kind of like addicted to being the sidelines, being the observer, being the person who's like watching and knows everything. And so like, I think that the show Euphoria, I mean, it's in the name. Everybody has something like an addiction that makes them feel good. Like Maddie, when she talked about, you know, She'll never get a love like Kat and Ethan when she was talking about that. And people were like, why? And she's like, because it's not dark enough. She's like, I want that like dark kind of love. And mm-hmm. so she she's into like, that's her thing that like is a euphoric feeling for her to be in that that type of scenario. And then for Cassie, it's, you know, it's being loved. And for Jules, Jules, Jules has her own, you know, demons that she's working with. But I I, I just think it's a really cool way of being like, Nobody is perfect, and life does not have a happy ending always, For at least for a lot of people. You would say, oh, but you feel like, oh, the end of Euphoria was kind of a happy ending. No, it wasn't. You think about, like, Fez and Ashtray and all of those scenarios, and it wasn't. I just think it's such a cool, cool way to take things that happen in the world, putting it all together in an unrealistic way, as in, like, oh, this would never go down in high school or like things like that. Um, I think it just shows people how crappy things can really get. Mm-hmm. And it makes you appreciate kind of where you are. And it makes you reevaluate kind of like yourself where you're like, am I, am I the villain of my own story? <laughs> like, like, who am I? Like, I don't want to be that person that like goes into this and this is who I'm known for, for the rest of my life. Or this is my, my addiction of like what I do. And so I, I, th- I think it's just a really cool way to, for people to connect. And it's in no way glorifying anything that happens on the show. And I, there's been a lot of mixed opinions, especially with people who don't watch the show, where they're like, oh, they're glorifying drugs and alcohol and all of that stuff. And I think that they're doing the opposite. They're showing how these, these things can break you down just as much as they can feel like they're building you up. And so I think they do that really well. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought up the name of the show because I honestly did not even realize until you said it. I mean, I was only thinking of it in terms of Rue because that's the clear addiction. Like she has an addiction to drugs, which is a typical addiction that people are aware of and, you know, is, you know, not, I mean, not like it's common, I guess, but I mean, I don't know the statistics, but I mean, you see that you're like addiction understood versus being addicted to these concepts or you know some other form like you were saying with Maddie being in a dark relationship or Cassie and the need to be loved by anyone um and I I kind of love that dynamic and how that's the end of the day it's euphoria about that sense of euphoria that people get from different highs everyone has their own form of a high um 
and it was you just very well said um and again going back to kind of what i said before we got into our whole conversation of um getting to speak with other people and hearing different perspectives so thank you so much for being on the podcast today yeah, and just thank you for having me yeah it was so fun I mean I, I feel like we fleshed out so many of the different storylines from the show for a show that's you know relatively short there was a good amount to talk about and um really expand on so I I really enjoyed listening to your thoughts and then getting to you know point in my own things as well yeah um, but I hope that everyone listening enjoyed so too. And, you know, you're just as, as excited for season three when the time comes. If it's not until 2024, <laughs> we'll just be sitting waiting. But um, again, I'm glad that Hannah, you were able to join. And listeners, I'm glad that you were able to hear from Hannah. And if you are not already following her, you should um, on TikTok. I'm telling you guys. She is one to watch. You're going to be seeing her name in lights in the future. (laughs) Um, But I will tag her in today's Instagram post so you can check out everything that she's working on. So if you're not following me, do so at Not So Critically Acclaimed, both on Instagram and TikTok. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. But otherwise, guys, thanks for listening. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new show. So we'll talk later. Bye.